This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Busting Satan's ass every day. Evan! <laughs> 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 Are you familiar with, like, Calvinism as a concept? on <laughs> 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 Right. Evan! Evan! <laughs> this is so good! <laughs> 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 I'm just chilling. Sicario. <laughs> I'm a fan of it! Welcome to GCF. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have some good Christian fun, good Christian fun. Is the podcast we're a, we're a fan of man, woman, and child who are Christian. That is good Christian fun. It's where right. we talk about Christian pop culture, the music, and the movies, and the entertainment made for, and made by, and sometimes made about, or kind of uh, tangentially about Christianity and theology. Uh, but we're not here to make fun of you and to make you go to church. We're just here to have fun. It's all part of the grand story of Christ coming back. Any movie is actually in. The universe of Christ's second coming. It's part of the tapestry that he's weaving Think each and every it. day. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, have we talked about, um, like, uh, wait, how do I phrase this on mic? Um, like, s- causal narcissism, where it's like an- anything happening in the world, whatever the cause is that you're most invested in, you make it about that. Sure. Okay. So it's like, oh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Well, this is a picture of how evangelicalism has, you know, completely <laughs> right, right. warped America. Where it's like, is it? <laughs> right. It's because trans rights and this thing. Right. Where it's sure. like, ah, uh, is it, it primarily I'd about be that? Near that. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and today, in this case, we are talking about a movie called The Devil's Advocate. The Devil's Advocate. The Devil's Advocate. Uh, a 1997 movie. Directed by Taylor Hackford. If I was a director, I would probably change my last name so the word hack was not in it. Right. But that's just me. That's it. And well, it's a conversation piece. I guess so, where it's like, ah, well, I hope <laughs> I'm not. And then everyone gets a good laugh. You have fun at the luncheon. If my memory serves me correctly, he is married to Dame Helen Mirren, but I might oh, be wrong about that. A thumbs yeah, up from that the is guest. true. Okay. Wow. We, we've gotten a thumbs up from the guest, which I think is our cue to intro said guest. He was begging for it. Friends <laughs> and folks, he's a writer, he's an actor, and a comedian. You can catch him at Big Mouth. Q-Force and going toe-to-toe with Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos. Give it the hell up for Max Silvestri! What an intro. Thank you guys so much. Welcome. You're so Thank welcome. You. Did you notice how I almost said G-Force instead of Q-Force? <laughs> the squirrel I, one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're hamsters. No, they're... they're yeah, I believe that's a Galifianakis joint, for real. I, I think, think he, it might be. He's a voice in, in G Force the movie. Oh my gosh! Gracious. Uh, We're be- talking about G Force today on GCF. So let's get into it. Okay, let's do it. Let's unpack <laughs> G Force. I, I do want to say that. Yeah. Um, 
the music's still playing. Oh, right? it's still going. Okay, great. Yeah. Just want to make sure no, it wasn't uh, the, <laughs> the zero you. calorie stevia sodium. Max, you're what me. music? <laughs> I don't hear anything. Do you, Caroline? I don't hear anything. Doctor Zevia. <laughs> Um, Taylor Hackford is married to Dame Helen Mirren, and they spend most of their time, as I learned today, in a house in Lake Tahoe on the Nevada side of Lake Tahoe. There was something specific what? about the callout I found so interesting, where as there was like gambling debts to be dealt with or something. <laughs> that they run a card game out of their house. To be Taylor. on the Nevada side of anything, there's yeah. something shady, shady <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah, examine Can your I? life choices when you're on Nevada's side. Uh, they're a couple of lake freaks, you know? know they love the I know. lake. And like when even, I think they sold their California place, uh, excuse me, their Los Angeles place during oh the gosh. quarantine. They went all in on, on being Tahoe the people? bear life or whatever. Yeah. I can't imagine Helen Mirren being in Tahoe for longer than a weekend. I can't imagine her driving a car. Is that strange? Yeah, it feels like a lot of driving. Which I know she literally does in Fast 9, but... I mean, she I, delivers I, exposition <laughs> while doing like 98 miles an hour right, or whatever. but yeah. I still can't imagine. I watched it, and I still <laughs> can't imagine it. So I'm, not think- I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Gracious. Uh, well, Max, thanks for doing the show. It's such a pleasure to be here so talking about G4 specifically. I know. Mm-hmm. And and what did Zach mean to you as a young comic growing <laughs> oh up? Oh, my God. Oh I my will God. say, it was formative for me seeing him, I think, on Conan in 2003, before he had... Hangover before he was on that Eliza Dushku show sure. on Fox that ran for like two seasons. And mm-hmm. he would just do his little piano bits and the the non sequiturs. And I was oh, like, yeah. holy shit. I mean, he I was to show my guy. mom this. I need to grow a beard. Yep. <laughs> he was huge to me. And like now I, you know, like know him as an, an adult, but I had a, got an autograph. I had him autograph a poster oh in gosh. 2004 when I was like starting doing stand up still in college. I saw for due date. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was just like a, a poster on fire safety from my mom's office. Oh, that's um, nice. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's <laughs> no, so great. <laughs> he had this thing called the Comedians of Comedy along with Patton Oswalt and that's Brian right. Hussain, Maria Bamford, and mm-hmm. they played a show in Martha's Vineyard. And I happened to be visiting a friend there. We saw the show, but because it wasn't like we're doing a show in Boston, they had nowhere to go. They were just stuck in the back patio of a tiny venue in Martha's Vineyard, oh, no. like <laughs> trying to find pot or whatever on an <laughs> island. And we just cornered them so hard and, you know, uh, ate up their time. And I got them to sign a poster that's still hanging in my office. That's beautiful. Yeah. I remember watching that Comedians of Comedy special, or I think it was like a little series on Comedy Central. I think they, they the it was like a documentary that they mm-hmm. turned into, like they stretched it out almost into mm-hmm. a little thing. Yeah, And the line I always remember from that is, Oswald says, Maria Bamford is like an alien doing racist impressions of humans, <laughs> which I think is incredible That's, and accurate. This is just right. Yeah, it's so funny. Fair. Did I tell you, Caroline, I had the revelation the other day that my voice I used for my dog, Dexter, yes. I think it's just kind of Maria Bamford, like, hey, yeah, it's me, Dexter. I'm, I'm a nice guy. I can get a little riled up sometimes. Forgive me. What a compliment to Maria. Yeah, I think it's a compliment to both of them. Yeah, and to you. Thank you. Yeah, she's so such nice. a talent. She books so much. She's in the new show <laughs> I write for, Human Resources. That's great. Um, you should be as well, just doing her part, I guess, when she's Oh, you know, whenever busy. she's sick, I'd love to. She's oh a neighbor. I've been to her home. <laughs> oh, that's it's fantastic. Like a couple, well, no, I shouldn't dox it, but she's lovely. She's, okay, I'm not going to say where we she's are. She's a local. Her and her husband are like local people in the best way. They're community They're out focused. and about. Mm-hmm. When they lived in Eagle Rock, they were all about Eagle Rock and now live out here they're all about out here and it's wonderful mm-hmm. i love that um just like me 
What's that? I'm out and about. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting any credit for it. Okay. (laughs) You're knocking on your neighbor's door day one. Yeah. Trying to organize trash pickups. I feel like the end of our block's so dirty. Yeah. No one's thanking me for rollerblading around PCC. Verified on next door currently, (laughs) uh, which didn't happen Uh, overnight. Didn't come easy. Many years of work. Mm -hmm. But you know, Oscar season, award season is upon us. Uh, The the name on the tip of everyone's tongues is Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. Being the Ricardos of Lucy. We oh, I thought you were talking about the Amy Poehler documentary. <laughs> oh, you know, that did come out. I haven't watched it yet. No, there's a there's oh. a documentary called Lucy and Desi uh-huh. that Amy Poehler directed that you can stream on Amazon what? Prime right now. About them? About that relationship? No, about being the Ricardo. She just followed it behind <laughs> yeah. the scenes. No, it, it's about their relationship. And it is an Amazon production. I don't I, I'm curious about the the timing and synergy, whether it was, you know, yeah. both were existing Let's in a space a and kind of like sort of sandwiched near together but they didn't come out at the same time it was like almost a little bit of room was allowed but it used to be it used to be a huge issue if there were two properties about the same subject matter like ants and bug life ants in a bug's life here we go disaster deep impact armageddon Oh my gosh. And then Illusionists and The, the Prestige. Prestige. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, but that was good for us. Capote. Yes. We got two magic movies in one year. Magic they movies were awesome. XXL. <laughs> but I love in The Illusionist, the twist is like, actually, he is magic. Yeah. Uh, he is yeah. for real in control of like dark arts. And Prestige is like a con man movie. But, uh, but anyway, but now it's like. It's, you know, it's about movie making. Wow. Yeah. With The Prestige? Yeah. No, no, no. Like, if you have some scrap paper, I can like graph it all out. Uh, Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can take some time I don't know on if you're that. a marvelous Mrs. Maisel head. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Well, Amy Sherman Palladino from Maisel, sure. from Gilmore Girls, Baba Bunheads, the, the Baba Duke of television broadcasting, yes. she often puts a cipher in the center of her shows, which it's a white, tall brunette lady who's fast talking and quippy. It's essentially a oh. stand in for her and who she is. Oh. I thought you meant like a riddle in the middle of the <laughs> like, show or like some sort of symbol. Riddle me this. Three top hats a piece. <laughs> be just like a white tall woman that walks in the background of like every movie I did believe had. it was about to be like a J.J. Abrams type yes. like she believes in the theory of the white box and that you know inside is <laughs> that would uh, be incredible um, well, she she believes in the theory of whiteness okay. I can tell you that but well, she believes in an avatar or so to speak of herself but similarly I believe Nolan always cast one person in each of his movies where it's like yeah that's me yeah like Leo yeah. is dressed exactly like him in Inception yep. Pattinson is dressed exactly like him in Tenant. Um, and it, it feels and like... Batman. What's that? And Batman. Yeah, even though he's, <laughs> he didn't direct it, but yeah, he's dressed exactly like him. That. that is so, funny. an interesting thing. But, mm-hmm. but, but yes, being the Ricardos. Sorry. Being the Ricardos, oh, yes. I was watching at home and I, I yelped when you came on screen. It was such a lovely... You left a review for my acting services page. <laughs> I, I did. I yelped it. And two stars. You can do that for individual actors and I did yeah. give you two stars because I was in a bad he's mood honest, that night. I hope you saw my response. Response, that I would love you to come back and see another yeah. small role of mine. We'd love to make this discount. right yeah. on your next visit <laughs> to my to the IMDb. Private message. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, Mark. I think you're our second Sorkin vet oh, wow. that we've had on the show. Because wow. Jackie Johnson, our friend, famously got upped from a extra to a featured extra with lines on Studio right. 60, like 20 years ago, or whenever Gosh. it was. So, so I'd love to know, yeah, your experience on that on that movie. Um, well, it was a it was a somewhat stressful, weird casting experience in that I self-taped and sent a Dropbox link 
the day I had signed with some new agents. And I, in a way that I was like, they sent me a couple things being like, no, no, we'll be your acting agents too. And I, I didn't quite believe them. I just thought it was like, they're sending, they're forwarding me a bunch of emails to show they're going to work hard. Oh. But, but these like, are not viable options. In I, I didn't think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, you know, I'm more of a writer. I, I would love to act, but I don't think you guys really care. Um, but thank <laughs> you for forwarding me these three things. So I, whatever, sent a Dropbox link and like found out a week later that I'd gotten it with no conversation, no like send another. What? Just it happened. It was crazy. I'd never like booked something really off a cold audition, but then it didn't film for three months and never heard from anyone like in any part of the production. Like I had to do a costume fitting, like that felt real. And I had to do like 90 COVID tests, but I never was like, yeah, so they like how you, you know, your hair was combed that way. That's why you got cast. Please keep your hair that way. <laughs> Truly on a lark, I'd like left a mustache. I'd never had a mustache before. I'd shaved a beard, had a beard for another audition and just shaved it. And I was like, I don't know, this is from the 50s. Mustache, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Well, you, it, were, you were thinking like, who is this character really? I mean, you I know? was doing the- Who is this man? I was trying to do the work. He I grew was, a mustache. And I've been know? told I have um, a period face and not just in like a, a period slur <laughs> by a bully. Angry, like, yeah. <laughs> look at your period face. Um, That's mean. Oh no, it's actually nice. No, it's nice. <laughs> a face out of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A time of the month. Sure, yeah. <laughs> when people used to drink big glasses of milk at all hours, just kind of like a- Adam, yeah. he's got a milk drinker face. Yeah, a relationship to, to cigarettes and sugar that we just don't have anymore. And then what was the reaction to the mustache? Well, I didn't get one. I just like got the audition, kept the, was like, well, I, I need to keep then this. They want it. But then I went in for the fitting and the lady was like, oh my, wow, look at that. Um, are you supposed to have that? And I was like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to shave it and not have it because I feel like that's what you it's for. You don't want to Superman yourself and then yeah. you're in the bad situation where they mm-hmm. had to CGI it off. Oh, or right. vice versa. Yeah. I didn't feel like they were going <laughs> to... Save <laughs> save the nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars a second or whatever for my eleven lines. Incredible. I was hoping. Right. Um. So it was sort of this weird three months where I was like, in the middle of COVID, getting nervous about this, not knowing how to prepare, not remembering how to act, having a mustache. People being like, "Why do you have this mustache?" And I was like, "It's for a job, I think." And. I hadn't seen anyone. It was like during kind of the worst part of COVID and I had not been anywhere without a mask. I hadn't been in large groups, you know, so it was also like my first time interacting with anyone was going to be like on set the day of. There was no like meeting or like, it was just like show up this day two months from now. So I was really getting in my head about it. And um, I started to get nervous the week before because my girlfriend was going to be out of town with her car and my car has vanity plates that I got that say Tom Cruise T U M C R U Z I had wow applied for the plates drunk in February before the pandemic started February 2020 
And of course, I mean, just for context for listener, in I case you forgot. I want the Tom Cruise plates now. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever heard. So Tom Cruise, uh, an ex-wife of his, is the star oh of said movie. Exactly. Oh Nicole Kidman. Oh. They had a relationship together. So it does She's feel like a some move. sort of like gag on her. Yeah. So before any of all this had happened, I had applied for these plates as a joke, not thinking I could get a celebrity's name. I made up a fake reasoning that was like, was I write about food and love and like i Niners like driving some death truly i've like written like some funny like whatever old freelance pieces about tv oh food shows so i was like i've written about food and taken a food cruise <laughs> on the sea so this is like and i've got links stomach to cruise yeah. this is oh my gosh but got the plate but months went by before they told me because it was the pandemic started and they were like we're sorry there's a delay in this is June 2020, I don't know if you remember what was going on that month, Um, but they're like, there is a delay in delivering your plate because um, there is a COVID outbreak at Folsom State Prison and the wildfires (laughs) are, have like- Taking all the free prison labor. Taking all the free prison labor. And so I'm sorry, Max. It's the middle of Tom Cruise plays middle of a, a a reform on criminal justice that's happening. A a a, oh a public God. conversation. And I truly get like a typed card in the yes. mail that's like at the height of BLM. At the height of oh BLM, God. it's going to be a few more months before the prisoners have a chance <laughs> to make your plate. To oh. make your drunken purchase. And so I try to cancel it. I I try to be so like funny. I don't need this plate. But there's that, true- that was Max's personal reckoning of like, you know what? I don't need that vanity. <laughs> I, I want to be a good person. <laughs> I need to interrogate more frequently why vanity plates only cost $35. Yeah. And also, I think that's another thing that you can think about is any day that you think, I'm not a good writer. You remember that you were so persuasive that you got <laughs> wow. Tom yeah. Cruise on your car because you're a great writer. Oh, convince mm. someone working from home for the first time to rubber stamp. <laughs> An, an idiotic a one thing. cent an hour job. As they like deny so many applications with full racial slurs encoded in oh, them right. that they're just like Tom Cruise. Okay, Tom Cruise, whatever. Yeah, yeah, seems like a good one. <laughs> so I try to cancel the plate in yeah. the summer of 2020. Um, it's my bit of activism, but the <laughs> did his part. Every part helps. <laughs> oh, all the DMVs are closed at that point. All non-essential oh business, which is basically anything except like license renewals, is like. Just don't do it now. Yeah. There's one phone number that truly has like your wait time is nine days. And I leave my phone oh my and then finally they're just like, leave. There's no voicemail. There's no, you just mm-hmm. can't. Oh my God. So the plates come, but I love them. They're, they say Tom Cruise. They look <laughs> awesome. But I start to get in my Thank head. Thank you, boys. Yeah. <laughs> A week before the shoot, I start to get in my head. I get the like, oh, this is no, roughly no, no. what your call sheet's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm going to uh, Paramount or a studio where it's kind of like, there's a lot of productions going on here. When I went to the fitting in my Tom Cruise car, I was like, I'm enough separate from these little production offices and the big parking structure. So I um, realized that it's just going to be like, we're filming in some old building in Wilshire or whatever. And so it's just like, this is all cast and crew parking. It's like this one entrance. And I'm like, I'm going to roll up. I did not think that she would be personally offended. My fear was that some second AD type producer person is going to be like, oh shit, I bet she'd be mad. Right. Who's this joker? Get that out of here. Everyone's a little overprotective, perhaps. Yeah. Mm. And you think, but you think if Nicole saw that, she'd be like, oh, that makes me laugh. 
I don't think she would have liked it. I think she would have raised an eyebrow in a way an assistant would have passed a message to someone else in a way that a lot of times people's handlers do more of the damage. Sure. As, as sure. you know, as you famously documented. Right. Um, yes, famously. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm like, what do I, it's the shoot is six in the morning. I'm there's at that time, there's like no lifts and Ubers. It's like during oh, of that no. bad part of the pandemic. And also there's a labor force reckoning. I was really, I was in the height of, you're at the crossroads of the, everything. The that's intersection ever of happened. the gig economy yeah. <laughs> and like that bill <laughs> that passed in yes. California that shouldn't exactly. have. Right. Yeah. Our food systems, uh-huh. you know, things like that. Wow. So I start brainstorming. There's no street parking in Wilshire, like, and I'm I start having the idea to like take the plate off before I park a few blocks away. I like it'll be get, a lesser crime. Right? Yeah. Um <laughs> But then I'm like, I'm going to look like a bank robber at 5.45 a.m. <laughs> unscrewing plates as the sun comes mustache. over the horizon. With a mustache. I truly look like. So I'm going to strangle the teller and then uh, I'll get in his suit. Um, He's got a big old bag over wow. his shoulder. So then I'm like, that's just as bad if I get like in trouble for in a residential slash business neighborhood. Where are the banks are um, right. taking plates off. Uh, so yeah. I end up just settling on taking the front plate off. So that when I drive in, not catching Great. anybody's eyes. Right. Great. But then, then Tom Cruise in. was on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I made it Tom through Cruise. the job. Yeah, I, I was okay. like, as soon as I'm, they've got footage in the can, they can't fire me. <laughs> they can't fire you. There's two days point. left. It's already there. It's yeah. done. Yeah. Gotta get things moving along. Wow. But oh actually, gosh. we do have um, footage of Aaron Sorkin, the moment that you pulled up oh God. into the lot. And, and we do have a clip to play. Oh, yeah. And this is Aaron Sorkin's reaction to seeing Max's car with the Tom Cruise plates on it. Here's something. I'm- oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it. We're about dialogue. Damn it. No. The- okay. Do it. Do it. Try it. <laughs> no, it was really Wait, good. I got it. I'm- do you know what I'm talking about? I'm in a constant station. Dialogue is pretty much <laughs> where the art. Hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. I mean, it could be any of that. Oh, it was going to be perfect. Yes. Yes. An idea. Oh, okay. Because the pre-roll used to be, damn it, how could this have happened? <laughs> do you remember this? I do, yeah, Is yeah, it yeah, in yeah. your head the way it it's really in my is. head? Yeah, yeah, I know. Damn it. How, how could, could this, this have happened? happened? Yeah. And it used to play as a pre-roll back yep. when I didn't play for YouTube Premium yep. before every... Man, I thought that was going to I never saw a second of West Wing Season 5. So today, <laughs> what we're going to do is break the season premiere of Season 5 That's of West right. Wing. Yeah, Wait, did whatever. you take the class? <laughs> no, I just remember... I, I Every master class, like both love-hate or love-love or hate-hate, like intrigues me in being like... Maybe I would give twelve hours to this to see, sure. you know, Steve Martin say always, you know, Hillary never Clinton thank the on resilience, uh, <laughs> George W. Bush on painting, yeah, former hostage negotiator on um, yeah. negotiations, or Henry Kissinger <laughs> on mixing, yeah. <laughs> sound editing, gotta be yourself, Just all the greats. Uh, well, everyone can watch Dead Mouse on Judaism. That's right. Again, we've been p- pitching this for a while. They should have a swap day where everyone does each other's classes <laughs> on yes. masterclass. Or it's like this time Gwyneth Paltrow is doing the Potter club. Well, no, that's oh actually gosh. something she would do. Laura yeah. Bush teaches acting. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> that I would watch. <laughs> uh, everyone can watch Being the Ricardos on Amazon Prime and watch it to complete, you know, your little watch list before the Oscars in a few weeks. I mean, fingers crossed. Fingers for my crossed. Girl. Right. Now, now, do you have any insight into whether or not the movie was shot before or after the AMC ad was shot? Ooh. Sure, everyone on set was talking about it. I mean, it the AMC ad had not premiered 
That's right. For sure. Because it was wow. September 2021, I believe that premiered. Yes. Dark days. Mm-hmm. And, and you actually have, I know this because a friend of mine sent me yes. the screen cap, but you actually have a shirt. Yes, I have a sweatshirt that is the, the still frame of Nicole Kidman looking with, God, she can contain so much in her eyes with... With wonder, with fear, mm. with awe, with <laughs> gratitude, mm-hmm. reverence, and just plain joy. I mean, delight yeah. at being at the movies. Her in an empty movie theater, and um, it has the quote, the famous quote, deleted and then restored, heartbreak. Somehow. Somehow. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Like this. They restored All the feelings it. that Jurassic World inspired, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't time. understand why they don't regularly swap it out to whatever, like, the newest... I mean, I guess the post budget is gone or something, but I guess so. why not keep swapping it out? So it's like, now it's Despicable Me 3 that she's watching with reverence <laughs> right. and fear. You know? I mean, there must be, it's I so mean, good. with AI stuff and I mean, Amazon's so in the mix here. Yeah. There must be a way to Harness just the technology. get her to you sound read. like a company man right now. Amazon's <laughs> in the mix, wonderful yeah. company. <laughs> there must be a way to just have her do one read of the International Phonetic Alphabet into her phone, <laughs> yeah. plug it into a computer, and just generate the emotions right. you want to say feel good well, somehow in a place this like this. this is exactly what they did for Mark Hamill in the new mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett TV show. Really? Yes. Do y'all know about this? I, I, I've seen the show. I, I just assumed he did like regular mocap acting and they de-aged it. No. So, I mean, I think there was a little bit of that. Okay. The, he was on set. But for his age, because obviously he sounds different 40 years later yes. than he did when he was young, they used an AI taking all of his isolated dialogue from the original movies. And using that, they had it spit out the line readings from oh the scripts of those episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, which is... Of a very alive man. Yeah, a man <laughs> anyway, who's who incredibly living acting. and yeah. is a prolific <laughs> voice actor. And a supportive... Uh, fan of the franchise. Yes, I mean, like, I, I'm sure anything. there's contracts involved, but it's like, uh, I'm there. I love it. I, I It's part of my legacy. Yeah. I'm not yes. ashamed. Yeah. Why not simply pitch it up? A process that takes... Clean it a little bit. ...tweens four seconds on TikTok to do. They should have hired me. And they should have hired you. Found engineering. Wow. Just Give him a, gl- right. a cup of hot tea. There's Give a little a bit of, yeah. you know, he's, he's Skittles and down. hot chocolate right before he records. <laughs> One of the best Jokers, I'll say, from yeah. Batman the Animated oh Series. Well, we would love to know about your history and upbringing with religion and whatnot as well. Uh, aside also, from the religion of Sorkin. The other thing I want you to do is start sharing your shopping cart with me whenever you go to buy things. Because two things you described buying today already I love and I want. <laughs> I want your sweatshirt and I want your license plate. <laughs> so you sort of just like keep me My on old the list. shopping cart when I go to the California DMV website. I'm like, what am or I treating myself? Or receive a gift from a friend. <laughs> yes. uh, the custom made. That's what I want. <laughs> um, I was raised in the Catholic Church in uh, first New Jersey and then New England. And like we were a go to church every Sunday mm. family. And I did Sunday school and then converted to like a, a, a summer catechism. It was like a three-week intensive camp when I was in lieu of Sunday school. So I like kind of kept wow. up with okay. all of it right up until my confirmation. And then, I don't know, I, we weren't in a particularly progressive Catholic church. It was a pretty traditional New England, like Irish priest and, you know, uh Famously, Archdiocese of Boston, which is an unbroken track record of success. Great group. Uh, Great group. Great, you know, (laughs) 
the leadership. The hey, they made some Oscar-winning movies about that too. Have <laughs> <laughs> we talked Any about coverage? Yeah. They, they now have a production arm, and they're just like, we need to get that's amazing. Get a get a piece of these films going forward. There Hope are plus. stories a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're developing these stories in house, so they're taking pitches. We'd love to meet with two people. That's like beautiful. You. Yeah, it has an idea. Oh, Come on so over nice for a meeting. Oh, we're commission. You know, we're like buying the rights to long reads. We just are really. <laughs> I love that. Um, um, wait, I love that you're describing. So they there was Sunday school you could do throughout the year, but then there was like sort of a condensed boot camp. I, I don't know if I got to, go to choose it or if it's when we switched churches. So I moved to New England okay. um, after like fourth grade or something like that, and I feel like I no longer did Sunday school. It was just suddenly now you had to go to catch up, like the one of the two summer sessions or whatever. Yes. Um, and it was sort of like camp and I could ride my bike to it and it was fun, but it also had like, you know, four hours of like, let's talk about, you know, these worksheets or whatever. But then when we had, uh, in, you know, Catholicism, there's like the confirmation part, which is like a bit of a journey that we had like the informational meeting I went to and um, they were like, don't do this if your parents are forcing you or if you're just doing it out of momentum. And it, they didn't say it in a way of like, we really don't even want you if you don't. But they were kind of like, a bunch of you might be here because like, this is the thing you do at this age. And your wow. parents are like, we got to bring them to the confirmation info session. And they were separating the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, and a good, you know? like way, we'll yeah, leave. giving you an option. Because you feel like most of the time they're like, no, we want to process as many of you as possible and get you in heaven. I would think it'd be a we numbers game. We worry about it. Yeah. 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 Like, secure the bag. Yeah, we need kids. you having yeah. unprotected sex as quickly as possible. <laughs> right. Under the Make sure the kids are part of the system. Yeah, under the veil of the Pope or whatever, <laughs> so it's his. That's Gracious. crazy. But instead, they were like, I like that they said, don't do this because of momentum either. Like, you may have completed all this, like, work. That doesn't mean you have to do it still. It's nice. Yeah, and I, I really wasn't in a, like, I, I don't know what my relationship to, like, actually, you know, is the Bible real God in heaven stuff was at, like, 14. But I I, I wasn't, like, a snotty-nosed kid. Like, you're making me do this. I just was kind of like, yeah, I guess confirmation, that's the thing. And, like, mm -hmm. I was raised among Catholics. and um, But just in that moment, I, like, and only my mom had come with me who was, not raised Catholic, kind of did it for, like, me and my dad, like, oh. raised me in the church, but he was, like, not going to Sunday Mass anymore. He's a little older and, like, also didn't want to come to this meeting. <laughs> and I turned to her and I just said, I I don't think I want to do this. But I hadn't thought about it before that moment. I'm a real momentum. It just occurred mm -hmm. to you. It just occurred to me when this nice woman at the info meeting about the timeline of confirmation yeah. said that, that I was like, oh yeah, that's why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because you asked me to come and I don't want to be a bad boy or whatever, but she's uh -huh. saying I can I'm be a, a good bad boy. son. Yeah. I'm the good son. I'm the good, <laughs> I'm son. The good son. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to drop Elijah Wood off a freaking cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so my then choice. you dropped out at that point? Yeah. And so it just was like, never, I, I think I maybe have not been to mass since then. But you ah. think about it every Sunday, right? Oh, I mean, I, I carved the time out for private <laughs> Quiet. reflection. You right. know, obviously, like many, you know, Hollywood secular scum cunts, I like, for me, meditation sure, is what sure, I've sure. replaced prayer with. And it's all about, like, right. I want to be richer and more fit and, like, not think about my haters. Right. Spiritual. It's, it's very yeah. monk-like in that way. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. much like Tony Shalhoub. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Very monk-like. <laughs> he, he's a spiritual man as well. Uh, yeah. Man. 
Uh, I think did my you parents just were... kiss your finger and point to the air like he was just dead? Case... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's very I, much we living. I haven't the news in the hour we've just been watching he's Tony like two years <laughs> what ago. We just lost him. We're ta- we've already talked about Marvelous Ms. Maisel today. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Gotta be I careful. Might... I always think that like when we when we finish the record, who's going to have passed away? When we oh, check the oh. old news wire. <laughs> If we were recording yesterday, William Hurt would have been the one. Here's a question I feel like I should have asked more Catholics along on this show, because we've had a few. Okay. Or raised Catholic. Did you like the Pope? Did you have an opinion on the Pope? (laughs) Did you like the Pope? (laughs) Did you like him? Because it seems to be part of it. Did you stand the Pope? Yes, is the short answer. It's cool to have a boss on Earth that seems fancier than just like, you know, I started this particular church or like this mm. is the leadership, like Pope, you know, the smoke and the, the the slippers and the pomp and circumstance and Vatican's got special laws. All of that is like, and I still kind of think it's cool. I don't think it's cool like what the Pope does or what he, you know, I don't, I don't you like- You co-sign everything the Catholic Church does. <laughs> exactly. We yeah. understand that. I <laughs> auto-retweet from me. I just consider it an old, like like I started doing stand-up with him in my early 20s. I will always support your projects. Yeah, Some people get the auto-RT. Yeah. No, but I, I, I just, I think it's interesting. I like watched a PBS documentary last year about like how the, how, in, how the Vatican works, like inside the, the goings-on of this strange city-state with like special- laws and I think the Da Vinci Code and and Angels and Demons yeah. and all those are interesting. So I like I, I, I liked I I just was like that's neat that there's this famous man that like it's a big deal when he visits America and he's yeah. got a special car the Simpsons jokes about and all these things. Mm-hmm. I have a a cousin, I have a part of my family that's like more Italian than than mine is and I have a cousin that um was raised Catholic, became evangelical for a bit, but then found his way back to a very um, intense sect of Catholicism that's like four-hour Latin masses and like you raise your children wow. to be um, missionaries, ideally, and anything else is sort of a disappointment. It's like he drives hours oh. to go to this church. So, oh And gosh. I think they might be like a Vatican II sucks type Sure. Like have opinions about the church I didn't know about growing up where it's like <laughs> there should only be Latin mass and they ruined everything when they like, you know, let priests clip their toenails or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. which feels like the rock critic equivalent of like Rolling Stone guys <laughs> where it's like, well, obviously, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is the best one. Yeah. I mean, that's the pinnacle of he all music. As as when John Paul went electric, that ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. I was into his folk stuff, you know, when he was uh-huh. just preaching from a hill or whatever. Um so yeah, I like I think I liked that it felt fancy from fancy and old. Yes. Yes. From afar. There was an ancient ritualistic special guy. Yeah, and all of it feeling so old was interesting. Like yes. I and I truly think in my brain it's mixed up with like liking Indiana Jones and like other like <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh-huh. Greek myths. The Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like this idea yeah. of like oh, the Ark of the Covenant. Old yeah. stuff is interesting. Special I mean, those movies talismans, are so Christian. Yeah, that like means Absolutely. something over I, like, time. Took Latin and ancient Greek in high school. I was like, this old weird stuff. <laughs> Not even weird, but you know what I mean? I was like, I was into the oldness. Yes. 
of it in a way that I think I cast off and was probably a little affected, but I mm. liked all of that. That's great. I you, like this attitude of the Pope. You know, it's it's almost how I feel about the Avengers, perhaps, you know? In what way? It, like Tell there's me. someone really special. <laughs> and Wait, a lot of it's, just, you know, mythology that we give to them, you know, but I like that it's old. It's been around a long time. It means a lot to I, people. Wait, who the, in the, the Avengers? Powers. The, the, the Avengers, <laughs> like we're, you're talking about Iron yeah. Man and, yeah. and Black Widow. That, all the, that all the great ancient teams. The good team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Thor's super old if you think about okay, it. Yeah. Thor's like a um, god. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's so I would like say really similar. If you were writing a spec sitcom script <laughs> and needed like a workplace, the Vatican, you could do worse. Than- I'm just like, <laughs> if you needed kind of like a, a chuffa scene where two friends are arguing about something <laughs> in a very like, ooh, this person's voicey. I think one friend assuming Captain America is the Pope of the Avengers and another <laughs> friend being like, no way. No like, way. It's Iron Man, yeah. obviously. And then the girlfriend coming in and being like, uh, it's Thor. He's the guy or whatever. Whoa. Would be like a pretty decent three pages that would like, you know, get you a meeting somewhere. I- I'll take it if you want. I say that often after I, I share my thoughts. <laughs> Is that that would be good for a script? be amazing three pages. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have any lingering belief about oh. God after that time? After that childhood? I went through, I also like went to a um, a school that was like n- nominally Episcopal for high school. It was not like, you know, that's what the, you know, reverend was or whatever, the pastor, but it wasn't like, uh, we had religious, religion classes and services. And I went through like the punky high school into college, like, I'm actually an atheist, you know, like. It, okay, it, bad boy alert. Saying it out loud. Yeah. Then at some point I like, more in a logical way was like, but really I'm an agnostic. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's actually the more mature. Like, I don't like Ricky Gervais <laughs> no. or whatever. Man, he you probably wiped party. out a generation of atheists. I sit away, right? Like, I sent him underground. I mean, between him and Bill Maher. Yeah, it's those just are like, the two guys everyone thinks of. It's like them two and Dawkins, right? <laughs> so it's like the the team is, the PR is not, not a dinner good. you want to be at. No. No. No, 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 no. No one's fantasy. But I think, you know, like anyone who, as as one gets older and becomes more secure in how little they know and perhaps goes through like, you know, big life events or deaths or losing people, you start to just have like a, a slightly less pointlessly rigid. <laughs> right, and angry. Yeah, nihilistic yeah, point uh-huh. of view that gains you nothing. <laughs> uh, so I, I wouldn't say I've, I've um, come back to Catholicism, but there are times, I mean, it would be hilarious if I ever were to say to my Jewish fiance who lost, you know, relatives in the Holocaust, like, what would you think about our children being Catholic? It would be <laughs> me who has like such a fleeting today. I'm thinking about this connection to something so rooted in her <laughs> culture and trauma. Um, but I am like, it is, the rules are fun. I like that it's math, the good and evil, heaven, hell, justice, ticks in the right column, naughty mm-hmm. or nice list. I kind of enjoy the like, you do enough good stuff, it levels out the, the dirty sins. You like the economy. It's I a, do. It's a great organizational system for morality. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to track. Except when you realize that purgatory is just like little hell. I thought it was waiting room for hell, but it's actually little hell. Yeah, I always thought it was like, you know, completely in the middle, like benign in every way, mm-hmm. yes. you know? Like limbo. Like yeah. literally like, oh, it's not this, it's not that, you know. But, yeah, like it kind of just seems like it's like your paperwork's not in order. It's like, you know, if you're yeah. like held at customs or something and you're like, I'm still <laughs> yeah. going to Very much make it, but mm-hmm. I might not make my 
dinner reservation in America tonight. I don't know. I'm, that's beautiful. I have a draft. Yeah, that's really beautiful. It's a pretty bad place. But I, but yeah, purgatory is, you know, I now understand as an adult, like, oh, you got to, you got to do a christening just in case you don't just want, you don't case. want to. Yeah. Honestly, no thank I mean, you. I mean, nothing to lose. What's that called? Pascal's wager? <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you're wrong, it's fine. If you're right, you go to heaven. Yeah. It's great. It's also a good organizing system, not just for morality, but for parties and events. I mean, <laughs> you know, the idea of like when the baby is X. The and calendar then, is full. Yes. <laughs> Come back. We'll do a first communion. Maybe we'll have a confirmation thing. There's pageantry. There's venues outfit, for your wedding one venues day. Venues yeah, are there. The order of events for the wedding. For real, yeah. Already figured it's out. Beautiful. Bam. I'm I'm getting married in two months and trying to Wow, congrats. Yes. Thank you very much. Trying to to like holistically piecemeal a secular-ish mm-hmm. ceremony is so exhausting. It's like there's literally books that are so old that tell us all how to do this. <laughs> they don't, the Bible doesn't say it at your wedding, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All of a sudden you're doing a sand ceremony before for, uh, you for know real, it. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, what is this? But you know what? I would recommend that Ephesians verse, even for a secular wedding. The the greatest hits of love, you know? Love um, is patient, love is kind, yeah. love is not proud. Corinthians, you mean? Oh shit! Wow! Oh, wow. oh no! To run this Christian podcast, yeah, that's pretty. Oh, this God. is Ephesians? quite embarrassing. Yikes. Okay, what Trump? am I thinking of? Oh, that's be subject to one Colossians. another, which feels a little loaded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both equally, yeah. Gracious. But, this you know. recording this podcast for you is the the bodybuilding like show at the end of the. You still have to do your reps in the gym. Yeah, yeah. sometimes I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and sometimes it shows, day. and I collapse of exhaustion <laughs> on mic. Uh, and I and Caroline's my spotter, but right. sometimes even she sometimes can't. Sometimes I'm not me. looking. No, and that's fair. <laughs> I do appreciate looking. you haven't had water in three days before this podcast recording because you do look cut up. <laughs> it was important yeah. to me. Yeah, uh, is to show up and Fasting. play the game. Uh, well, thanks for sharing your story and your yes, background. Thank you. I was also going to say I was also really into Dan Brown as well. And I nearly had a crisis of faith after wow. reading The Da Vinci Code. Caroline, get on that peacock. <laughs> He's back. Robert Langdon is hot now. Yeah. Really? He's that Hugh Grant-looking motherfucker from Succession. The guy that uh, Shiv was into, the reporter boy. Not the reporter the boy. The, the political campaign guy oh. that worked for Fake Bernie. He's Robert yes. Langdon, and he's hot on the Peacock <gasps> yeah. show. That's wait, called... he's playing author Robert Langdon. Or no, 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 no. Oh. he's playing. He's playing. <laughs> Dan Brown's the author. Robert Langdon is the Tom. That's right. Hanks. That's right. I Young actually... Tom Hanks. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Wow. Though he plays it a little differently. He's a little more of. Uh, I see the world in codes. I'm a. I'm an oddball. Oh, then he is kind of like a, a vuncular, okay, avuncular yeah. professor. I will say, and this I bet my... he has trauma. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was going to be a season two. Uh, <laughs> But it got canceled. I will I will say my college major was semiotics, which is what Robert Langdon actually is. They in the in the books, he's a symbologist, which is not a thing. But symbology <laughs> is basically semiotics, semiotics, which is like sometimes things mean other things. I mean, it's really a nonsense major that oh my I gosh. wasted a pile of dead You could have been Robert Langdon. I was so close. You were so close. But while watching The Batman and you saw that little Puzzle. That oh my God! Riddler creamed left for the Batman. You yeah. were like, I got this shit. Here we go. Screaming my answers out. <laughs> yeah. All first ten were wrong. But <laughs> all wrong. I understand that a lot of puzzle solving is yelling so loudly and quickly that the people trying to think don't have a chance to even hear their own voice in their head. Right, that's right. why I'm fun Until at game nights. Yeah, that's like when we see a sort of like inaccurate church scene in a movie where it's like they don't sing that song Thumb anymore. Drive. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, gracious. Uh, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. That sounds Christian, right? Even with your limited exposure to the the media. Did you have any exposure at all post-church? like, Or even what is your sort of perception of what Christian rock or Christian music or faith-based films is? I'm just curious from the outside. So this cousin, I think I might have said uncle accidentally, but this cousin of mine, a little bit older, who eventually found his way into a very strict Catholic sect, he was into Christian pop culture when he was, I guess he was like college, early 20s age, but I was like, you know, a a sponge and looked up to him and probably, I think he's like 10 years older. So I was maybe like 12, 13 visiting. They lived down the Jersey Shore, which is fun. And um, I remember riding his car (laughs) (laughs) and he like, he even then was kind of a like um, proselytizer in like a subtle way where he would put tapes in of Christian like hair metal bands, basically. I mean, this was probably mid nineties, but they had like, you know, that kind of like bright sound of hair Hmm. metal. It might've been, that's what Christian hard rock was then. Like Striper or something. Yeah, yeah, it was a little behind. There was like a band. Whiteheart. Maybe, but he would put it on and be like, this is, this is pretty good. Right. Right. And I'd be like, you know, both wanting to impress my cousin, but also not knowing my own identity at all. Would be like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, then the then you know the chorus would kick in, and it would just be like, you know, because he's behind yeah. us or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I think that turned me off for 
for a little bit. But oh, you didn't like it. You eventually were like, hey, I, I'm I was being like, baited I, here. Even I, I, I am. I don't like being baited. I have a sense that this is not mm-hmm. the culture that's going to have any capital or <laughs> connection with me. <laughs> Wait, this is a Why Hard song called Desert Rose. Is this? No, this probably isn't it. This, oh, this is it? I think something in this area. Because it reminded me of Scorpion, which is like an early band that I... You're me I should let it go. Yeah, well, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, joke's on you for There's, not getting into it. Wow. Yeah. But then I like, I loved the... I was very intrigued by the Left Behind series and... Oh, who amongst us wasn't? I know. Um, Cage and Cameron, both alike in dignity. A lot of symbols in that one, too. <laughs> and Fair Left Behind, where yes. we wear our movies. Now, the the tricking thing reminds me of, I used to have friends that were expressly, vehemently against Bruce Springsteen, which I understand. And he's my guy. Uh, for better or worse, I am what against I am. Against him for what reasons? Just didn't care for the voice, didn't oh, care okay. for the music, okay. which I totally get. But in all my wisdom in my early 20s, I would just then play covers of Springsteen songs. <laughs> to trick them. Yes. Like gorgeous covers by like, uh, you know, Amy Lou Harris or Hold Steady and be like, <laughs> in hopes that they'd be like, wow, this song's really good. Who wrote it? I'm like, well. <laughs> the intersection of a 20-something person that is open to the Hold Steady but not Bruce Springsteen is such a <laughs> narrow snob, narrow snob. It's That's very interesting spot. to me being like, I love like blue collar, annoying music, but Bruce, Craig Finn, hell yeah. No Bruce for no me. <laughs> the, oh, do you know the old joke about how to make a hold steady song is you just describe specifically what happened to you today in a Craig Finn voice. And you say, like, and then I got a zero calorie root beer. <laughs> In that particular voice. Hold steady, fans are going nuts oh, listening to this sure. right now. <laughs> oh, they're, they're driving into the median right now. <laughs> As they ought. Yeah. Speaking mind. of the deaths we're going to find out about after this podcast. <laughs> Listen. Oh. Wow. Miss rip, rip. Uh, the Devil's Advocate is a movie I saw about 10 years ago. Wow. 10 or, 10 or 12 years ago. And it was more, again, back then, the perception of Keanu Reeves was so different in the culture, mm-hmm. pre-Wick, and it was still kind of like, he, he's a bad actor, and isn't it fun and funny to watch him? Mm-hmm. And now he has ascended to the sort of like, oh, not guru status, but he's a pretty untouchable, because we're, we're doing gossip off mic before, but he's like an untouchable, like, no one has a bad story. Yep. Yeah. People might have an amazing small story yep. about him. He goes viral every six months for doing something basically nice where it's like he helped a crew carry a cord across <laughs> yeah. the set, you know. He yeah. finished a sandwich quietly near me. Yes, in a way that <laughs> next was just so... to an unhoused person, <laughs> so you know. Nice. So yeah, uh, Devil's Advocate is a movie based kind of on like The Legend of Faust and of course Paradise Lost, mm-hmm. i.e. John Milton, the yeah. name for the devil, Al Pacino in this one. And Charlie Theron, all of 21 years old, wow. I believe, when she's shooting this she thing. She's really young. Which makes me feel so odd. Because now, like when you're a kid watching this stuff, it's like anyone old, like in their 20s, like, that's an adult. Let's talk about this. Can we be horny for Charlize? No. You know, at 31, what's going on? You I know, say pass, no. it's now. <laughs> I think you get a pass if you were horny for it when it was age appropriate. I, as... Does that last for the rest of your it life? It does, sadly, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, the rules. if it was formative to me when mm-hmm. I was, say, whatever, 15, no, yeah, whatever, 14, and she was 21, Right. 
I'm allowed to, I pine think, for her. Not pine, not try to hunt down a woman that looks exactly like her and okay. make her my basement bride. But I do think to have like a an erotic nostalgic connection <laughs> to her in this movie does not make me now 39 a creep. Well, that's what's odd when you like connection. when you rewatch yeah. movies that you watched when you were a kid, and there's like a 15 or like 14 year old girl you remember having a crush on when you were like 12. Yeah, like a Hayden Panettiere. Remember the Titans? And sure. It's like, oh wait a minute. Like, I mean, obviously huh. it hits different now, but you still have that memory <laughs> yeah. right. of the crush. Being like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that interesting on Peck? I'm Very sure you have special. similar experiences. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the all great of mine were detective. super old. <laughs> Gene Wilder. <laughs> Actually, you're Gene Wilder, yeah. Wait, what was the that other one, one from that sense. little list? Um, Mouse Detective, Gene Wilder. Yeah, uh, the fox from Fox and the Hound. Yeah, a lot of well, that's a classic one, but he's an adult. Caroline, there's a whole Tumblr out there waiting for you. I know. A community ready the to embrace you. The furry community is has been begging me for years. And to I'm, do what? I'm thinking about if it. If you like confidence <laughs> scamps, you got to check out GeForce. Uh, there's a Here lot. We go. Of oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, based on the Andrew Niederman okay, yeah. novel of the same name from 1990 about an unusually successful young Florida lawyer invited to New York City to work for a firm. His wife becomes haunted by frightening visual phenomena and the lawyer slowly begins to realize that the owner of the firm, Pacino, is not what he appears to be and is in fact the devil. Wow. Yes. Wow, indeed. Now, the 90s were a wild time. You guys. This used to yeah. be what a movie was where it's like the lawyer but devil. And It was uh, amazing. Well, it's not... I was prepared that Al Pacino was going to be the devil. Mm-hmm. I knew that was where we were headed with the movie. How? What How I could you possibly yeah. know? not have guessed or ever seen coming was that Keanu is the son of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> and that it is a good his twist. name is Kevin. That checks out. Hey, <laughs> hey, what? And yeah. How do you mean? That he's from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's Satan's son is best Florida man. son mm-hmm. is a Kevin from Florida in America. All right, all right. Come on. Yeah. I mean, the that. movie... I, that was the biggest stretch. <laughs> it, it, is, it is nice, a time when the premise was the title, was the one sentence, and, like, there's no, almost no scene in the movie that deviates from any energy that's, that is, like, you know I'm the devil. And, like, <laughs> there is not a moment... And I, I, I know in writing, you, like, sometimes that's the point. Maybe you find it later. But, like, there are... Every <laughs> two seconds, there is some coded thing be like I've been around this town for a while yeah. you know like it's like oh my I god I believe yeah. his first line is I'm comfortable with I'm heat. behind you yeah. as in get behind me Satan yeah because oh I took the god. illusion yeah. to be that wow it's wonderfully underlined the, I mean and I'm saying this as a um, symbologist myself as right. a trained right, right, symbologist right, right. He's, the Langdon-esque character through, you know yeah I even I took and barely passed a Milton Paradise Lost <laughs> class in college. Oh so is that I true? Mean, it, it is true, yes. It was a friend and I, our senior spring, wanted a class to take together, and that seemed we'd always rough, wanted to read Paradise Lost. Piece. Yeah. But then it's not as fun as that? I'd hoped. Um, I think as- I mostly I probably took it because I liked The Devil's Advocate, and I was like, it's probably going to be a lot of that energy. <laughs> and then it was a lot of deep reading of, you know, verse or whatever. Oh, and you guys sad. know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We love deep verses like Ephesians, In the greatest there. hits of love. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ephesians. But this yeah. is a movie I found to be fairly successful in what it aimed to do. And one of those that upon its deli- maybe we're just so brainwarped by 
IP bonanza now, but it's just like, I don't know, three movie stars doing a high concept thing. Yeah. That's not necessarily, I know it's based on a book, but not necessarily for sure. sequel, prequel, remake franchise. But it's like, oh, the 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 particular writing of it, his seductiveness throughout the movie is very compelling. I find all his dialogue to be, I, I could have written it better myself. Angels in America comes to mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, so On we did talk about Angels like, wow. in America, which Al Pacino I'm did play feeling it. Roy Cohn in that, the kind sure, of Republican yes. big bad. Mm-hmm. And that sort of the, the intensity, you know, of the moment. Do, do you? I mean, interestingly, Craig Nelson, you might say, is playing a Trump surrogate. Wow. In Devil's sure. Advocate, yeah. he is a... Oh, for sure. I mean, his house. Big, tall, cheating mm-hmm. yeah. real estate developer like who lives on Central apartment. Park I was West like, or whatever. I felt like they probably shot that at Trump's apartment because it was so detailed. Yes. I was like, there's no way they built this set just for this one well, scene. Here's how you know they didn't is because the stipulation used to be, at least in the 80s and 90s, if you shot there, he had to have a cameo in the movie. And that's oh. for real. So that's why he's in Home Alone too. I'm surprised they didn't give him one because it was funny that there are multiple celebrities playing themselves where the joke is... Don King! I'm friends with the devil. Yeah. Senator Alphonse D'Amato. Like, oh, you're a sitting senator and you're like, I go to devil about. parties. Oh like, my gosh. I feel like... I, I don't know, maybe each generation in the same way that like every generation thinks they discover sex or whatever. Like we feel like we live in a moment where like, they're just coming out and saying it. They're just <laughs> coming out and saying they're evil. You know, like there's, they're not even, they're saying the thing. Um, like this movie is from 97 and it's Don King being like, I'm friends with the devil. It's like crazy. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Was this like presented as a drama at the time? That it came out in the marketing. I mean, it was heavily implied that he was literally the devil. It was yes. not a bait okay. and switch of like, no, it's a lawyer procedural. But like, was no, this was a, a movie that like, yeah, okay, it was a thriller. It was. I this mean, wasn't they don't like make something people them... like took really seriously. As no, a movie I think at the it time. like is the place of a certain type of like Netflix or Prime Video thriller that now yeah. is like because of the movie industry way lower budgeted, so you would never get like. Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves <laughs> in like incredible New York locations. Yeah. yeah, but this is almost runoff from the the Grisham supremacy of the 90s yes. where every other movie was a variation on the Pelican Brief. Oh, mid-budgeted adult thrillers. Right? I mean, if if I had the energy to start a podcast, which I don't, they would it would be about that. It's a fascinating time. <laughs> well, you always have a place to pod here, my friend. Thank Whenever you, so you want. A, a safe space. A I appreciate you giving me a, a copy of the key as I walked in. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and it's a key to my apartment. Yeah. And there's a lot floating out there. All the recording so. gears here. You know, you yeah, just started. help yourself whenever you want. We'll come whenever. Uh, yes, but this did make me nostalgic for a certain kind of movie that oh. doesn't seem to exist anymore. This was on my bingo card that you would talk about this. Oh my God. Okay, what else was on your freaking bingo card? What else? Let's go through the greatest hits. Uh, I don't know, probably like being horny for Charlie's and uh, probably talk about Amazon Prime at some point. Well, I have to. Yeah, we, we have an employee times. here right. of, of said company. <laughs> I, 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 and an inspiring employee. Sure. It, it, aspiring employee. <laughs> I do like also, and this is, again, feels a little bit like a 90s thing where it is almost capturing a public domain joke and turning it into a log line. Like, I feel like yeah. we were all raised with Lawyers like, are the devil. Yep. You know, yeah. like, what do you call the 10,000 lawyers on the bottom of the sea? Good start. You know, like that vibe. It's like, well, what if we actually do post 80s, you know, like greed is good, like... <laughs> Make make like basically law, money, cigarettes, blowjobs, and like a certain like part of culture. Just like no, that's actually like what the devil gets to do. Like the devil and his friends. Yeah, but yeah, it, that's it's why almost it's so like an, cool. An interesting continuation of 
popular Christian theology, like in the Screwtape Letters, the C.S. Lewis book, there's there's large portions of it in which Lewis dedicates it to describing the devil. And he's like a business guy. He's like yeah. mm-hmm. a CEO. He's smoking cigarettes in his little tower. It's like a bureaucracy stuff. that he mm-hmm. works with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that, yes, uh, for you, Caroline, yes. for someone who might have a little demon fear, a little trigger. I'm past that. With that art. <laughs> I'm free of that. Oh, you're um, yourself on the couch. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and this is a movie in which demons are everywhere is the idea. And especially... The big city. It, it almost is a movie written by a Christian where it's like, yeah. no, oh, you have yeah. to stay in Florida where we sing and we're really nice yes, to Yes, like each Keanu's other. mom wrote the script in some <laughs> way, you know? Um, are you? What are you asking me? Well, just like the, as the Was movie goes on, like <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, homeless, unhoused people are revealed to be demons. The other lawyers are revealed yeah. to be demons as well. So it's just… The first evil client is a uh, person of color who's practicing like a non-Christian, mm-hmm. you know… Okay, I wanted to talk ritual. about that guy because… Delroy Lindo. Yeah, yeah, he was like working with Al Pacino ultimately. Mm-hmm. Like they almost like fist bump each other toward the yeah. end of the movie. And so I was like, oh, is this guy like his deputy, you know, who like kind of helps him… Pull the strings with some seances here and there. Or I imagined. Something. I imagined he was a like a, a like a sub demon. You know, like a, in, uh, okay. in the in Lucifer's kingdom. If he's got you know all these deputies all these and various people. people. Okay, so it's like he's yeah. a client of the firm, but it's because he's doing chores for the devil That's on right. earth. Or at the very least, the devil sees him as like, this is a faithful guy. Like, this is a guy. Oh, okay. like- He's like a fan. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I treat my fans really well and give them the best lawyer I it have. It is funny. I mean, because this movie, <laughs> and we talk about movies being so long now, it's 2.20. It's yeah. a cool long. two hours and 20 minutes. And there are certain parts, like Goat Slaying Man, that do feel as if they were episodes of the HBO Max adaptation yes. of The Devil's Advocate that's eight episodes. And it's like, okay, this one's <laughs> about the goat episode. guy. episode, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even like the, that's kind of structured him. around a procedural. It's bookended by a very <laughs> horrific, uh, you know, child abuse molestation mm-hmm. case yeah. that Keanu, lawyer Kevin yeah. from Florida, is is prosecuting. Trauma's so nice, you have to hear it twice. It's oh, truly, I, I rewatched the movie at, like 8.30 a.m. this morning uh, <laughs> at 1.5x speed on my phone. And just like, is that Heather, Heather Matarazzo? What's her? Yeah, yeah. Heather, Heather Matarazzo. Mm-hmm. Her just talking through her oh. brutal, you know, um, assault by a teacher, like just to open it for a, what's meant to be a movie star. Thriller. Before you've mm-hmm. had your coffee. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so smelling my own breath in bed or whatever. <laughs> just being like, don't even detail your trauma before I've had my coffee. Yeah, That's what I always say. like a pastry. My God. Yeah. But first, trauma. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, the movie is streaming on Netflix if anyone wants to yes. watch it for free, which is how Max had the luxury of watching it at 1.5 speed because mm-hmm. Netflix does not care how you consume the content. Right. Please watch The Adam Project on 2X if you can <laughs> afford the time. I, I was suppose. actually mad while watching it that 1.5X is the ceiling. Oh, is that actually the ceiling? <laughs> There's interestingly, I think, a slower than one option. Wow. If you're really trying to, if 220. Trying if to you, track with the story. Yeah, if you're I, like. I need that. What does the HBO Max version feel like? Let me slow it down and, and make it four 45-minute chapters. I'm trying to keep the drama straight between the Selling Sunset Girls. Like, if we could slow it down, that would actually be really helpful. It's be easier the, to chart out on my whiteboard. time, yeah. Um, um Oh yeah, so she's that's bookending the movie is what brutal, you're yeah, it's horrible. And and the, you know the message of the movie is the two good characters never should have gone to New York. Yes, it is. Don't that's leave your message. hometown. Yeah. yeah, and don't be 
tempted by whatever. Like, you know. I guess don't be the spawn of Satan, but you can't really help that. Yeah. I that, love her talking about her like weekend in New York. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever she was with him for like a couple weeks. Talking about Kevin's mother. Kevin's mom. When she finally tells him the truth about his lineage and 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 does detail that, yes. I, he I, was I, a waiter. And yeah. She was, <laughs> I, I feel like they might say that she was doing some sort of mission work or something, but it was a week yeah. in New York at a hotel. She ate at the hotel restaurant every That's night. Right. And it's like, That's right. are you... Bob Weinstein, like who stays in a hotel and gets to eat at the <laughs> restaurant every woman. night? It was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, my Me plan. and my youth group are going on <laughs> mission to the time. Four Seasons <laughs> <laughs> restaurant and bar. Uh, unfortunately, there's oh, the only restaurant Gosh. in New York is the hotel restaurant. It's you know I just do like a thirty-eight dollar club sandwich right. every day for dinner. I'm a small and girl from Florida. That's Florida. the gal with the good DNA. Yeah. You know, ultimately, she's yeah. gonna be the one. Do y'all remember there was a time? I want to say basically. Pre Scarface, pre like, you know, where it's like the became baseline for Al. Sure. But he used to be a high pitched, soft spoken actor. His whole thing was he was basically Ryan Gosling in the 70s, where he was like Uh, a quiet guy and he kind of talked on the Mm -hmm. side of his mouth. Kind of a mysterious, quiet type. And then something happened. There was Scarface, and then there was the who of it all with Scent of a Woman. Sure. And then post Frankie and Johnny and this movie, it's just like point of no return. You've got your heat. You've got a great big ass. You know, he's totally got a yeah. great. My yeah. favorite thing is he's definitely supposed to say <laughs> yep. huge, yep. but he changes it at the last minute. His uh, mouth moves. Yeah. Great big ass. She's got a <laughs> great ass. But I think because I was going through, oh, if I was casting the movie either now or even back then, who would have been like an alt great casting for Satan? The first name that comes to mind, especially for this era, this might have been the last time he could have done it, Nicholson, who kind sure. of literally looks he, like Satan. I mean, he did do it basically in, in Witches of in Eastwick. Witches of Eastwick, yeah. but he, there is, I do like that he's, I don't know if this is the first example, but that he's a shittily, shitty little guy. I mean, in Witches of Eastwick, there's lots of jokes about like Jack Nicholson being like a slob that they're repulsed by, but they're also like, it is Jack Nicholson, even in his later, pe- like his his image as a star is like you're like a, a sexy, interesting guy that like has mm-hmm. had sex with a lot of people. So even when it's like sloppy Jack Nicholson, you're still like respect. Yeah, respect. Um, <laughs> but like Al Pacino, I don't I don't know if he ever had the like because he's as he says in the movie, you know, I'm an underdog. You know, mm-hmm. he tells a terrible story about having sex with a woman and her limping and thinking. Over. The Trojan army had just had sex with her, but it's little old me. Um, there's, there is something about, is this the original <laughs> devil is a, a shitty, shitty little guy mm. as an idea, which now it, sure. it, it continues to it. exist in the show Evil. Right, because usually he's portrayed as a really handsome, really charismatic, right? you know, really persuasive, like easy, like, oh yeah, obviously everybody would fall in love with this guy on sight. But Pacino, you got to warm up to him. But maybe that's like, maybe that's the body that Satan likes to have so that he has to work a little harder, you know, to like get people into his clutches. <laughs> he does. I mean, he's it, making a challenge for himself. Yeah. I mean, it's been, dec- he disarms it's been centuries. People. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He disarms yeah, yeah, yeah. them. They don't see him coming. Or yeah, he's, maybe he's like a coarse in person way. in it. It's like he seems like, yeah. you know, there's that, there's that weird seduction scene with Charlize yes, at the party where hair. he's like, he's, he's, he's boorish in, gr- he's, he's basically doing pickup artist techniques. I mean, he's the original Negging. PUA. You've got to cut your hair. 
Is any part of this doing it for you, Caroline? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. A woman's shoulders are the front lines of a mystique. <laughs> this whole section. And her neck. Battleground. <laughs> if she's alive. If she's alive. That's all the mystery of a border town. And she is very turned on by the idea of no border towns. In that battle between the mind and the body. Uh. Doing it for me. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Is there any part of you that's like, well, I don't know. Any, any at all. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I can think of when I see that scene is like whatever sweaty writer was like, yeah, this is good stuff. <laughs> you know, like this is what the girls like to hear. I do like that it was written by whoever the IRLL Keanu, like this Florida <laughs> lawyer guy who did get offered a job that it was written by his mom. Yes. It's like yeah. your, your wife will literally yeah. kill herself if you go to New York. Please don't well, it do it. It says in the Bible, son. the devil shall ask you to change your hair three times before <laughs> you, go and to you the- have to deny him. And then you'll end up with a dark bob and it's not going to suit you. Ooh, not good, right? <laughs> oh, it looks so bad. Oh, it was gracious. weird. One of the last times anything. two main characters had red perms in a in a movie. It's <laughs> I like there is the the weird sleight of hand with like he's into Connie Nielsen, but is it more okay because she's styled so similarly to Charlize Theron, but mm. then he's like Charlize change your hair, but he is it meant to be the devil is making her less attractive? I have not thought about this until right now. Okay, oh. yeah. The devil's actually like messing with what he loves about her so that he's sort of confused and swayed by a, an Italian version of his type, I guess. that His half-sister. Yes. Whoa. We have so much in common, like our dad. <gasps> yeah, oh, if you go so to New York. Oh, okay, so yes, I see what you're saying. Like, so changing what her husband even likes about her so that he'll be more repulsed by her. And in general, undermining her, yes. her confidence, her sense of self, like all these things. But she, yes. truly, her hair has changed three times because he asked her to put it up. Mm-hmm. Someone suggests you should go back to your natural color. And then right before she kills herself, that secretary, the uh, the assistant of mm-hmm. Al Pacino is like, you know what would make you feel better? And she like futzes with her hair one more time. I don't yeah. know if she like lets it oh, down. Oh, that's right. But it's yeah, like, she's like starts combing it or something. I think, yes. it's, I think it's what we're saying that it's just like a male screenwriter that's like, how could you really get under a woman's skin. <laughs> I mean, what, are, what are three examples of ways to do it? It would work. The devil know? will like, make you get a bad my haircut. Hair. <laughs> the hair that is right. Really yeah. That's the worst thing. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, they definitely <laughs> do have chemistry and it's interesting, yeah. but I think that the thing that would be like kind of seductive about that moment is just like the level of care and attention he's giving her for that long. Sure. You know, and like, it, he's like, it's With because he thinks her hair contact. is important. Yeah, That's yeah. what's like attractive. Not like, that he's negging her necessarily. Yeah, and you know he's really mean? seeing her. Yeah. Okay. Have either of you seen Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yes, multiple times. Okay, so in that, Keanu plays a little British man whose Ooh. name I forget. And I wanted to see if we could compare his British accent in that movie, which is, you know, something, mm. to yeah. his southern accent that is optional scene to see. Yeah. There's a little Winslet and Nicole, Steve Jobs. You know, she's, she's, every, she's every nation's woman. You she's know, that's every sort of nation's woman. Is. That's, what, like, that's what's beautiful. He's for the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> the job of a star is to connect with the audience, not to do impressions. No. Wow. Yes. That's I learned powerful. that from Nicole on set. They don't want to embody the <laughs> She audience. said that in between yeah, takes. Yeah, yeah. As I, I was... had to scuttle off to zone <laughs> one and two. <laughs> the job of the star. Yeah. Oh my through gosh. a through a face mask, she yeah. screamed that at me. So I have another question: the the woman who lives across 
the hallway to her, mm-hmm. who's married to another lawyer uh-huh. in the firm. Yeah, the one who uh, talks about her own breasts for a very long yes. time in the movie. A lot of titties in this movie. Did she? Do you think she is a demon, or do you think she was like used to be a human woman? like Charlize, and then gets, like, twisted into the world or whatever. See, and that's why the demonology in this movie is not consistent. That's what I was confused by. Thank you. But I guess it's, like, New York is literally demonic. anything goes. And your wife will get a bad haircut But no one does drugs. I I did wonder, (laughs) I did wonder re-watching it. I'd always kind of assumed it's, like, well, they're all demons who are involved with this firm. Oh. But upon re-watching, it comes right after she's... You know, as they add to the list of vices, of big city moneyed vices that are like the devil's playground, it's right after she's talking about they're convincing her to do plastic surgery, that basically they all go to this great doctor, and it's like, we love Dr. So-and-so, and that it's almost like that maybe the doctor is a demon. He does more like, uh, you know, uh, uh. visual, like, not charms, but, you know, like he's doing almost glamours, and that that is a moment where she's seeing the unglamored, corrupted, old, evil person. You know, like almost like when you Whoa. see a witch. Like their Dorian beautiful. Gray portrait mm. came through. A little bit, yes. That it was like the doctor moment. was not a real plastic surgeon, but it was like, go see our quote doctor who will make you wow. pay a more terrible price for exterior beauty. Like oh my yeah. gosh, wow. I mean, it's, it's a, there's so much it's in the text. It's a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah. The women have so much to do, yeah. including going crazy. Going crazy. Sh- showing their naked. bare breasts. Yes. <laughs> or yep. being molested. In, in, in many incredible ways. Incredible stuff. And and I think when people. the secretary. She, she pretty much just does whatever she wants. Yeah. yeah she's, she's doing crazy. great. Yeah. But I think she's when people think sexless. of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think of the the final sort of like denouement long monologue where Pacino just gets to take the stage essentially for oh a little gosh. bit oh, that's great. and and lays well, out a you. sort of theology of God. Is this the Eddie Barzun monologue? monologue? <laughs> no, it's in front of the He's art at the very end. Okay. Think about it. He gives man instincts. He gives you this extraordinary gift and then what does he do? I swear for his own amusement, his own private cosmic Gag reel. He sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch? Touch, <laughs> but don't taste. <laughs> it's about taste. COVID, taste but don't, don't smell. Swap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass. He's a sadist. How many times do you think she has heard that? Landlord. Worship that never. Better to reign in hell it's than like to a, serve in heaven. Is that uh, it? Oh, amazing. Why not? It's like a Dan Bongino I'm monologue about Joe Biden. Yeah. The, whole thing began. the rules don't track. I've yeah. nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted, and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him in spite of all his imperfections. I'm a fan of men. Oh, so I mean, good. I could watch the whole thing. It again. feels, Great. it feels cla- like I don't know, immaculately done. Like yep. that part of it felt like a play mm-hmm. to me, especially because yeah. it's literally a monologue. He's yep. a stage guy, yeah, of course. And it's also such like not to be. It's such a persuasive argument. It's like a very modern articulation for a lot of like 
difficulties I imagine navigating like yes. the structure of any modern, you know, religion or like power totally. upon high that you're trying to like set your behavior to where he's just letting, he's like, I'm victimized too. You know, like I was cast out. It's no, it sucks to be cast out. I'll welcome you in. It's like truly describing like any like radicalized people. I don't totally. know. That feel like, yeah, like, like it's for your own good. Yeah. And it's because I love you that I'm like harming you. And so why too, would a happy like, God want you to you. hate yourself? Yeah. For the struggles you're having. Wouldn't you want to just be loved and accepted? And be for yeah. And that's why I found it pretty salient because it touches upon like when we talk to people who were raised in evangelical Christianity or whatever the species of that they had of it, like post it and deconstructing it and all the questions that led to that are things that he's articulating of like, an absentee landlord. Why is it this system? Why is it so complicated in this particular way? I just set me up to fail. Yes, and it it absolutely did not need to be that mm-hmm. way. And and yes, he's a fan of man. And the idea of like you know, uh, I like that we're maybe pro devil. Yeah. Oh, we've all, yeah. He's always. got a point. He's an icon. <laughs> he's an icon. <laughs> I mean, the he movie the also is sort of positing like defense attorneys are bad. And to go back to being a prosecutor would, yes. would be the holy path. And that it's like, well, that's complicated. Yeah. yeah, that's what's hard. It's like the premise that the movie starts with is to defend a guilty person is an immoral act. And which you is know really it's tough. immoral. Yeah. And like, that's the beginning of your downfall, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, because he is. I, and they choose the most extreme case of a literal child molester. But right. but it is, spoiler, like bookended by this occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge situation where it all took place in his mind while he was in the bathroom looking at himself in the mirror. It zooms out and he decides, you know what? I can't be your lawyer anymore. And then a reporter talks to him and he's like, I want to do a story on you. You have integrity. And then he's like, okay, call me in the morning. And then more, and it is the freaking devil. devil. He can shape shift. So he chose the little guy's body. And journalists are journalists, obviously. Also the devil. I mean, speaking of choosing the little guy's guy's body, this is uh, the rare 90s movie that ends with two morphs. There is yes. both a, 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 a morph a into, into young Keanu. Keanu. Yeah, what, would, what did that mean? I didn't even understand that I one. I think like that was his like Lucifer form that looked more like a young Al Pacino, young devil who looks a lot like Keanu. Mm-hmm. But it was so strangely done and, and a classic like when morphing, you couldn't move your head during the morph. Yes. Oh, and I love that, you know, by that logic, the form the devil chooses to take shape in is that of a busted old Italian guy. Yeah. It's like, I have to look like this in particular until I morph out of it. Or maybe it has to be convincing that he actually runs this giant firm, you know, so it couldn't be like a really young guy. People would start to raise more questions. Yeah, shout out to, I mean, it's it's dark, but Jeffrey Jones is in this movie. Uh-huh. Jeffrey Jones is the guy who plays what's the, what's the man's name? Eddie Barzoon. Eddie Barzoon, an incredible character's name. Yep. Now this is Eddie Barzoon. This wow. is sad, but he was convicted on child pornography charges. Yeah. That guy was. Yes. yes. And and oh. and did and I assumed never worked again, but he was in the Deadwood movie a couple years ago. Yeah, I believe he. Uh, served time. Yeah. Much like Just your um, your Jeepers Creepers director, he... Uh, oh, know, what's his... Yeah. Well, we don't even need to say The director Yikes. of Powder, you yeah. know, served Pow- his time and then... Powder got, boy. Well, on that note, I was wondering if you would play the Eddie Barzoon monologue because I thought that was really uh, fun. Where Eddie's fun. doing his run, you oh, know, and bef- he's, ta- yeah. he's narrating when like he's how he became he, who yeah. he is. Yeah, and he gets beat up. Again, it does feel like a conservative person wrote it where it's like, I don't know, some homeless people could kill yeah, you. Yeah, but they were like vapors and then they just like embody a 
people and yeah, whatever. Okay. I mean, I just actually rewatched the new Spider-Man movie. No Way Home? No Way Home last night. And that movie also makes some, uh, Willem Dafoe's character is kind of um, made to feel like an unhoused person where he like literally goes to a shelter and it like, he's sort of acting in this like troubled voices way, which we know as fans of the franchise is like, you, you truly have like a, you know, a second devil personality in you, mm-hmm. but it's kind of presented like, shouldn't Gates we be sympathetic? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this movie similarly is like, well, when unhoused people are screaming at you, it might be because yeah, the devil's the, doing like, business. Demonic people. It oh. feels like not uh, tangentially, but it just feels like of all the marginalized communities, that's going to take a long time for nationwide, whatever you want to call it, like tolerance or at least awareness of sensitivity of like, as far as it, it's taken all of them a long time, obviously, but it feels like unhoused people are still going to be a blind spot, or if it's ever going to happen for a long time. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where it's still like hobo is still a punchline yep. for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. he looks like a homeless guy. Are you smell- mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like literally in the most popular movie of the last five years, yeah, No Way Home. It's like yeah, homeless coded sort of, and it's presented uh, sensitively, yeah. but then it ends up being what actually, spoiler alert, yeah, kills like, a major character and mm-hmm. is was yes. wrong to extend He actually is, sympathy. like, evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I got the, oh the Barzoon monologue. And I've warned him, Kevin. I've warned him every step. By the way, he says Kevin, I checked this, 54 times Kevin. in the movie. <laughs> I warned Aww, him, Kevin. That's gonna be nice. That was nice. This spoke to me. Like a wind-up toy. Like 250 pounds of self-serving greed on wheels. The next thousand years is right around the corner, Kevin. And Eddie Barzoom, take a good look. Excuse me. Because he's the poster child for the next millennium. These people, it's no mystery where they come from. You There's the demon runners. The they have predator power. technology. Mm-hmm. They turn invisible, <laughs> kind of. Put atoms with its desire. You build egos the size of cathedrals, mm. fiber optically connect the world to every eager impulse. Oh my God. Grease even the dullest dreams. He loves fiber optics. Dollar green, gold <laughs> he knows that his next movie is The Matrix and yeah. he's chuckling at that. <laughs> becomes his own God. And where can you go from there? Hey, wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> As we're scrambling from one deal to the next. Who's got his eye on the planet? As the air thickens, the water sours. Even the bee's honey takes on the metallic taste of radioactivity. And it just keeps coming. Faster and faster. (laughs) There's no chance to think, to prepare. It's buy futures, sell futures, when there is no future. We got a runaway train, boy. We got a billion Eddie Barzoons all jogging into the future. Every one of them getting ready to fist fuck God's ex-planet lick their fingers clean as they reach out with their pristine kybernetic keyboards to tote up their fucking billable hours. If they made this movie now, would Satan be a tech CEO? Yeah. Would he be a Musk type? I mean, there's like, you don't have to change that much, honestly. I feel like it's pretty much the same. It's for a kybernetic keyboard. Mm -hmm. I mean, also, does he say kybernetic? Did he say kybernetic? I think he said kybernetic. It's supposed to be cybernetic. It is supposed right? to be cybernetic. And yes. it, it, it's a great right. subtitles yeah, on. I was right. like, I've never heard it pronounced Kybernet- that way. Cybernetic. <laughs> My one mistake. <laughs> hey, did you guys watch or read the um, series American Gods? 
I watched no. a little bit of it and I read a little bit of it. Okay. I, I got a quarter through both of them. Nice. I read the book and I saw most of the first series, the season, but there is a character who is, I think, literally named like media or computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit meant to be like the it's modern like the Jillian God. Anderson one. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, yeah, I think it's actually um, uh, not Cameron Crowe. Who's the... Um, the weird guy from Back to the Future. I can't believe I'm blanking. Oh, it's um, uh, Christopher Butler. No, 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 no. Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Oh, yeah. He That's and Gillian crush. Anderson. I think they both play the same character, but it's like similar monologues to this as being like, this is the you know way to the heart <laughs> of people. It's cable and fiber optics yeah. and all that. Um, it's like it's kind of cringy, but I kind of love it too. Like it's very heavy handed, but I thought it was effective in the way he like quickly paints the picture of someone like. Like Trump or like many of the politicians we know or the powerful people we know. And I was just sort of shocked at like, oh, yeah, this is really very similar, very prescient still at this time. What is this, like 20 years later? Yeah. 30 years later? It still feels salient. Um, And just the way he talks about like the pathway of someone like that, of like you give them a desire, you tell them it's just easy money, that's all they need, and then they need to be a king, and then they're going to be evil, and then it never ends, and at some point they have to pay for it. This was uh, co-written by the great Dan Gilroy. Yeah. Michael Clayton Hive. He's an incredible writer. Fistfuck God's X (laughs) planet is... And God's then X lick his fingers. It's beautiful, right? And like, I would murder to And write what is like toddle up the hours or something like yep. that, billable hours was just amazing. I thought it was fun. It de- it is a little Roy Cohn esque mm-hmm. in terms of the monologology like the and like the state of America. Of nice. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. At uh-huh. the same time and operating from the same place. And I think Kushner literally wrote him as if he was Satan. Satan. Yeah. Uh, in the original play. Yeah. Uh, before the very adaptation. cynical, very fun. Uh, and yeah. by the way, if someone ever did a monologue about what a piece of crap I am, it would be appropriate to put it while I'm running or trying to run. <laughs> 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 There's no way I'm looking good, you know. Like I'm not going to be the hero of that story. Uh, <laughs> while Kevin's catching up with Peacemaker on his Peloton for ten minutes every <laughs> <Yeah>. lunch <laughs> or whatever, just <laughs> catching up on. I gotta know who's gonna cameo in this one. People are tweeting about it. You You get a guy like this, (laughs) put him on a bike, tell him he's working. I wasn't gonna watch it, but then John Cena, after the Russian invasion, said, "I wish I was the peacemaker right now." John Cena. I was like, I I believe that too. Uh, Anything else we want to hit before we rate this thing? Get the hell out of here. Oh, I sent you a little uh, video clip. Maybe you can pull it up. But there was one that I thought was really special, especially for GC. Oh, I think I know exactly what it is. Consider the sauce, son. <laughs> so, yes, Al Pacino does much like Alec Baldwin. Uh, this movie foretold him to so consider much. Consider the sauce. <laughs> I, did, I did make a note of that as well. Uh, consider, consider the sauce, son. son. And there was another one that I tried to get, but it was so quiet. But he says, I'm peeking, Kevin. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know. The 20th I, century is his. I need to cut that out. Yeah, he predicted... Two podcasts. That Dexter, would when you're on the toilet, <laughs> he's peeking. Oh, like oh, oh, he's looking at <laughs> yeah, me. Okay, yeah. I thought you meant the levels. Okay, well, let's rate this thing. The way it works, Max, is we give a thumbs up or a thumbs down, a holy roast or a holy toast. Holy toast. We send this thing to heaven. We send Satan to heaven, oh, the boy. devil himself. <laughs> or we send him back to his home turf. But if we're neither hot or cold on it, we could send it to the space between. Purgatory, (laughs) of course. And Caroline, we start with you.
I am going to give it a holy toast. Uh, I thought it was fun and, you know, certainly horrifying. A little cavalier with some of the old assault in this movie. But um, I had a great time watching it, and I was genuinely shocked by what they decided to do. Uh, especially towards the end, and I gotta, I gotta give him kudos for that. Very right. brave. Toast from Caroline. Yeah. Return to Max. I obviously have to give it a holy toast straight up to heaven as well. Um, not just because I love the movie, um, but and think it's like such a fun scene, chewy. I, I, I don't know. Just they don't make movies like this anymore. But also because, as Al Pacino, the devil, John Milton says, the prize fight's coming up. This is the battle of the century. You know, like he's prepping for the big fight. So I want to send him, let's remember, home to heaven to kind of sort it out oh, to make with amends? his dad. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's up for these two guys to figure it out. If they make amends, uh, Let's do I the boys that. do the talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Send him up there with That's an apology. So yeah. Uh, egg on my face. I'm sorry what I've done <laughs> to the human race. Some flowers. But I just like would like to see what, what goes down. So um, yeah. Holy Toast. Holy Toast for me. I freaking love this movie. Yeah. I had such a great time with it. It's so hammy. And one of my favorite things about it is that the I'm a fan of man monologue is available on genius.com with the annotations yes. the way what? a rap song is. Oh my gosh. Awesome. It is that uh, uh, that iconic, I guess, for a lot of people. Maybe he's the last humanist. So, all right. <laughs> is this your... Because we were talking about supernatural, mm-hmm. spiritual sort of horror. Is this one of your more favorite ones is this like or i think this might be my favorite i mean like there's there's better ones that live in you know this space whether you're talking about like earlier like exorcist rosemary baby rosemary's baby that kind of vibe but like this 90s like catholic horror vibe i mean there's a few (laughs) others just like stigmata and like a couple Mm -hmm. that like play very loosely with this sort of like justice hell but this is this is this is the best, and I love I love the clear just offer being made and weigh the scales and yeah. how much of an argument the whole movie is. It's great. I wonder where I would rank it in my Pacino performances because it's it's probably it's really he's really good. Yeah, he's I mean really he's so he's it. such a ham fucking sandwich, right? And but it works. My mouth's wide open mm-hmm. for that sandwich. Like, give it to me. Yes, I mean, this and heat, like, I love this period of Pacino. Like, mm-hmm. I, I sure love the first Godfathers and, you know, like, all the more subtle stuff. But, like, heat and this are, like, right when he's just, like, having fun with that register he's playing with, but not quite mailing it in. It seems like he worked very hard at this, and he was excited to play John Milton, and he, like, mm-hmm. the Take way he delivers swing. those monologues yeah. is, like, feels like a theater guy just biting off a huge... Huge piece of something. So I love it. Yes. Yeah, because after this, it goes The Insider, Any Given Sunday, Insomnia, Simone. We all remember Simone. Uh, I remember renting Simone on DVD. That's in which he creates a fake woman with a computer and she becomes a movie star. Yes. S1M0NE. The recruit. Oh my God. Gigli. The Merchant of Venice, two for the money, 88 minutes, Ocean's 13. Yeah. And it's tough too, because then he gets in the mode of like, I'm either going to play a busted cop or a real guy on HBO. (laughs) <laughs> for like, yeah, because it's like what it's it's Paterno, yep, it's uh Spectre, it is Roy Cohn, but he's mm-hmm. really great in that. But, well, in, uh, in the uh, two for the money, he plays the guy that says about Matthew McConaughey, who is bench pressing in the trailer, all this guy does is lift weights and pick winners, <laughs> he's a sports book 
adjuster. It's such a complicated movie about <laughs> a, a guy job. that's really good at picking the spread for football games. Mm-hmm. And 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 Pacino plays that's a, a similar like like this movie. Like I'm seducing you into a bigger world of mm. sports book. Yeah. betting, but it's corrupt. And Listen, I've lost a lot of family members to that world. Oh. Yeah, don't joke about I know, it. it's not fun to talk about so cavalierly. <laughs> if if you guys are invited to my funeral, I <laughs> I invite you to say, on mic, I would definitely, there's going to be kind of an open part of it, but please say all this, get, all this guy did was lift weights and pick winners. <laughs> Absolutely we will. Oh, and get some not? really good license plates, oh but gosh. now... We're going to turn it down. We're going to dim the lights and light the candles in here. Breathe in, breathe out. Get into a meditative space. And Max, we're not here to promote ourselves or plug our projects. We're here to lift them up to the Lord in humble, loving sacrifice. And then maybe lift up something we're enjoying in the secular culture. And we'll start with Caroline. Always humble, always online, at Caroline's Farts. That's me. Um, Perhaps like me, you think, I don't know if I have enough streaming services yet. Why don't I just subscribe to one more? Let's let's stretch the old budget just as far as I can. Is it? Are you a movie made now? Uh, no, this was a uh, a moment of weakness. You know, a month of Showtime. And what I did with that subscription is I watched Yellow Jackets, but then I also watched Kidding. Kidding. This is the Jim Carrey. Our friend Katie Delaney was like a writer's PA on that it's show. So yeah. fun! It's great. I'm surprised you haven't watched it. It's Mr. Rogers' core kind of stuff. But, but what if he fucked, twist? right? Like, sure, yeah. Like it's it's definitely dark. Like it's very like violent a lot of the time too. But it is uh, on some level also about like kindness and trying to believe in the better thing and like having a person of character mm-hmm. um, and all the complicated things that come with it. And they base a lot of the literal stuff that happens to him to things that really happen to Mister Rogers, like his car getting stolen and then the thieves bringing it back because they found it it belonged to Mister Rogers. Oh, that's fine. Justin Kirk's like in like that, it. right? No? Justin Kirk, who I love. He played Pryor yes. Walter yes, yes, yes. Angels in America. Mm-hmm. And then the hot it's guy. An amazing cast. Yeah. It's a good show. Okay, kidding. Very fun and fanciful. Wow. I really liked it. I love Caroline catching up to uh, cable shows and then from I canceled the, the subscription, so I can't watch season two. You can't watch Super Pumped with Quentin Tarantino narrating it. What? Yeah, did you know that? You can't bring that up with this nice music playing. I'm getting into <laughs> such... A blissful. So here's how the fuck it happened. Right? <laughs> yeah, so but let's go back. Yeah, exactly. Sure, they jump around. They they McCabe. They're oh. like, what if this style was every style? Oh, uh, thanks, Gray Rag. Thanks, Caroline. We turn it to Max. Wow, I'm just I am feeling really present right now, yeah. and that makes me feel connected to you guys and to art out in the mm. world. Um, mm. Speaking of art out in the wow. world, please follow me on mm. Instagram and Twitter. Yes, I'm please. Max Silvestri. Got some shows in LA coming up, and um, the new season of Human Resources premieres. Human Resources, the spinoff from Big Mouth. Yeah, and one of the characters I kind of created and 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 did a lot of the writing for was um, or helped create was actually an addiction angel named Dante, played by Hugh Jackman. So I really got to live Gosh. in my vice versus pleasure. I, the space of the devil's advocate is very oh, important yeah. to me. Please tell me it's not on Showtime. No, it's on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Um, I just would love to give a shout out, even though it finished months ago, to Station Eleven on HBO. Best thing I've watched in ten years. Yep. I I still think about it every day. Yep. I love what it made me feel and think about art and connection and humanity, and it's beautiful. And if you've already seen it, go watch it again. 
love it so much. What a great thing. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter on Letterboxd, Peloton, and OnlyFans. <laughs> and uh, this week on OnlyFans, Kevin reads the classics. Yeah, Topless. I am doing a reading from Ephesians. <laughs> love is patient. Love is busting. You know, I'll lift up Ali Wong's new special because I loved it so much. That was the first time I'd laughed at stand up in so long for some reason. Wow. Her new special. Place. I know, right? I And I like stand up. It's just been a while. And your <laughs> yep. show with Gabe and Jenny is so great. People should go see that. Largo. Uh, but yeah, Ali Wong's new special, Ali Wong, Don Wong is what it's called. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com says good Christian fun for more good Christian fun. And leave us a review. Every review you leave us, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity, once again, is Rain. Max, thanks so much for Thank going you, to Max. hell with it's us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for taking me there. Thank you for bringing this movie to my life. Yeah. My life. <laughs> it the- won the wine. <laughs> oh Here's what I'll say for real. I'm a fan of Max. <laughs> I'm a fan of Max. And there's nothing left to say except for, and all pods people say, Amen. Okay. okay. I love, I love you. you. Thank, thank you, Emma, Emma, as always. Amen. 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 And then let's let's go out with a very, you know, um, this was actually cut from the original um, from the original cut of The Devil's Advocate, but then Al Pacino got to do it later in Jack and Jill. This is the Duncacino song. Say hello to my chocolate blend. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl. I know it was you. Everyone wants my. This, this should be a super cut where it's like, hey, you remember this line? You know, it's like legends redoing their. Like, because De Niro does it in Rocky and Bullwinkle from the Tap. <laughs> He's doing who are. Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler movie in which he plays brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right, we'll oh. see you Thank next you week. Goodbye. Bye. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>